This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. All right, another week, another episode of Texas Soccer Radio. Very excited to be here on a Thursday night. Uh, my name is Kyle Makey. His name is Larry Leathers. We're here every week on Periscope um, and, of course, in the podcast directory of wherever you get your favorite podcasts um, and ours. Maybe your ours is your favorite. I don't know. I don't want to speak on your behalf. But, uh, Larry, how are you doing tonight, man? Man, it's a good night. We are... In the middle of the USL season now. Oh, we're here. It's we go time, it. man. We're past our first game. We're headed on to our second. I'm excited, man. I'm pumped. I'm so happy, man. It was so much fun to watch meaningful soccer this week. <laughs> I missed it so much. Um, you know, I, I I didn't get to watch every game in USL, obviously, because there's a thousand teams. But, um, you know, it was, it was fun being able to bounce around and, and check out what was there. So... Here we are. We've got our first San Antonio FC game recap of the 2018 season. Um, And I will say we are going to uh, switch gears a little bit later. Um, Mr. Philip Grooms from the USL show and STL soccer report will be joining us uh, at about 1015. uh, If you're watching this on Periscope. So uh, hang around. He'll be chatting all things St. Louis, giving us some insight on San Antonio FC's next opponent uh, here for the home opener. So uh, just a few minutes, we'll be chatting with Phil Grooms, and that should be fun. But before that, we do have to talk about the reverse fixture here. Um, San Antonio FC fell 2-1 to one to Sacramento Republic FC. What's up, Periscope Chat? I see you, Jesus. Um, 2-1 to one in Sacramento to open the season. First time San Antonio FC has lost on a season opener. Um, Larry, what are your thoughts coming out of that game? Uh, are you kind of surprised by that outcome? It was a little rough, but um, we had some unsuspected, you know, outages due to injury and such. The dreaded lower body injury struck again, <laughs> and it seemed to make its impact on the field. Unfortunately, things looked a little rusty there to start off there at the beginning of the game. Don't know if you feel the same way or not. Yeah, it felt odd. It really did. Um, so never good to have to deal with injuries week one, right? But the injuries that they were dealing with were Stephen McCarthy, who is um, in the running for a starting center back spot, and then uh, Sonny Guadarrama and Cesar Elizondo, who are probably the number one and number two tens, <laughs> and then... Uh, Rafa Castillo, who, of course, is that veteran leader and uh, really provides a spark coming off the bench or starting even. Um, yeah, not not a great play. And, of course, Jose Escalante was suspended, so you were without him too. Um, not a great way to start week one when you're down all those players. Um, I think the thing I was most surprised about wasn't the players that were in there as much as Ryan Rochindle playing the 10 role, playing that attacking midfielder role as opposed to more defensive role. Uh, how, how do you think the formation worked as a whole? Not, I don't want to call out Ryan specifically because there were a lot of things that went wrong, but um, was that part of what you saw or what was on your mind when well, watching it, that? It definitely seemed out of place. It didn't seem like the right spot for him. Um, we probably should have swapped him in Mikey Lopez and had Lo- Mikey playing up in the 10 and, you know, having Ryan pull back to a defensive midfielder position. Um, but there was, I don't know, the connections just didn't seem to be there. There was a lot of confusion in the front. There was confusion on defense. Um, we didn't see that typical San Antonio play that we, we come to expect out of this team. And I, I'd, I think we can get back on track. It's the first week. You know, it's a long season. You know, we've got a long way to go here. Um, I think they'll figure it out with time, especially if some of those injuries resolve themselves. Yeah, it's it's a very long season. I'm uh, definitely not hitting the panic button yet or anything. Um, just kind of a bummer. A bummer of how to start the season. And 
there were some good things that we saw and we'll get to those in a second. But before that, I think my biggest issue was kind of the central part of the formation. Uh, The center backs just kind of seemed lost throughout a lot of it. And it felt like Sacramento was pressing uh, extremely hard on on defense and keeping the pressure on throughout the game. And that inexperience of playing with each other may have shown there. Maybe that was part of the issue. Um, but, you know, you don't have Sebastian Biaga anymore. Steve McCarthy was out. So you got to play who you got. And that's who we had. And, you know, hopefully things will even out throughout the rest of the season. Uh, I will say the wingers looked pretty solid. Um, Chris Tierpak and um, Greg Cochran and Darno King all looked really solid. Omar Gordon has got to take a little bit off that shot. <laughs> How many times have we seen him put it through the field goals uh, in his, you know, six months here? It's a lot. <laughs> so frustrating because he's such a dynamic player and he can create opportunities on, on the ball. But um, man, he, he really tries to break it through the back of the net every time he takes a shot. I was sorry, surprised to see him start. Honestly, I really thought it was going to be Presley and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that, you know, Presley subbed on for him at the end there. And it looked like a different team at the end of the game. It yeah. seemed like, you know, he's, like you said, Sacramento was pressing a lot at the beginning. Um, they continued their press into the second half. Um, and then they seemed to peter out there with about, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes left in the game. They didn't just, they couldn't keep up with the press long enough. And we put our subs in and we picked up the press. Yeah. And it, it looked like a different team and it looked a lot better. And I, I, I almost, I'm almost wondering if we're seeing a change in what the play style end up being for San Antonio, um, switching from a more defensive centered team to maybe if we've got, if we've got the stamina to keep up with it, to playing a faster paced game where we're not on the counter attack, but we're just pushing all the time. Cause that seemed to be fairly effective with the group of players we had on the field. Yeah. Um, Courtney just mentioned in Periscope chat that um, the two time zones of difference and how late of a game it was. And we found out later on in the night that the plane that um, San Antonio FC was supposed to take to Sacramento had mechanical issues. (laughs) Um, So they ended up getting there super late. Uh, I believe it was the next day. If it wasn't the next day, then it was, you know, later that night. So Maybe the rest is is a issue there. Um, just kind of a weird, weird road trip. But yeah, Connor Presley was someone you mentioned, and I thought he was absolutely a highlight uh, of this game. I thought he came on and really changed that the dynamic of that game, and had a lot of opportunities there to uh, you know level things out and, and get another one in the back of the net, but wasn't wasn't meant to be um Alex Bruce I thought played well too when he came on um obviously that's something to keep an eye on because he came on for Greg Cochran and we'll talk about Greg Cochran a little bit later after we chat with Phil um uh, but it's interesting to see Greg Cochran come off um at the time especially being a defender and Alex Bruce being a forward uh, on Twitter, I said, I doubt that's an injury substitution because of the positioning. You would think it would be Mike Seth coming in a like for like sub if it was an injury, but um, you know, we'll talk a little bit later. If Greg Cochran's hurt, then who plays that position and what does that change for the upcoming week? But when Alex Bruce came in, I thought he did a really solid job and was where he needed to be most of the time and, and was a good compliment to Ever Guzman. So it, it's going to be interesting seeing some of these young guys getting minutes. Yeah, and I mean, we, we did – the final score was 2-1. Um, Sacramento put in two goals. We got one. Um, what was it? It was Mikey Lopez came out firing. So, you know, yeah. he said he wants to be MVP this season, and it was a hell of a shot that he took. Um, it was an assist off Darnell King. Uh, yeah, it looked good. Like it was, it was a hell of a shot out there. He had a little bit of fuck you after that shot too, after that goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought there might be some more cards flying out there because <laughs> the cards were an issue. There was quite a few yeah. cards on San Antonio's part. And one of the th- biggest criticisms I have about D 
Diego Restrepo last season was that there was plenty of times where he would come out of the box and come a little bit too far out on the field for comfort. (laughs) And he started the game off by doing almost exactly that and earning himself a yellow. He almost got himself a red on that play Yeah, um, with that last man standing that was yeah. it was ugly. It was an ugly play. It really was. It was an ugly challenge on his part. Um, ballsy as hell, but an ugly challenge. And it almost put us down to, to 10 men, you know, f- five minutes into the game. A red card five minutes into your season would probably be some sort of record, I would think. I can't imagine there's too many of those in USL, but thankfully he avoided that um, for San Antonio's sake, for everybody's sake. Um you know, not that Matt Cardoni isn't completely capable, but, uh, you know, not how you would want to start the season for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little scary. I was, I was worried when that one went down and I hope he, I really hope he starts staying back in the box more. That's, that's my biggest thing with him, but yeah, yellow cards all around. Restrepo had one, Guzman had one, Pekka, Mikey Lopez, yellow cards were flying that game. I won't say that the refs did a horrible job. It seemed like they were doing a pretty fair job of calling the game, which isn't something we typically see out of USL refs, but <laughs> I wasn't too yeah. upset with the way it was going. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things you don't want to just crap on the refs the entire every week, you know, it gets old, but we'll we'll make sure to acknowledge when things seemingly went well. I don't remember any big missed calls or anything like that. But um, it's hard to tell, man. I hate watching. I hate trying to analyze games from the broadcast because the camera is so zoomed in. There's just stuff that you missed. Like uh, I can't remember if it was the first goal or the second goal, but it looked like um, the, the goal scorer was offside it, it basically it's hard to tell with the camera but it looked like there was a, a miscommunication in the back line that allowed the goal scorer to stay onside and just more of that not having time together stuff so right. um yeah I, i'm excited for saturday to be back in toyota field be able to see the whole 22 and uh take it in that way i'm I'm pretty excited also for the fact that it's dollar beer night. Not that I can drink while I'm there, but usually makes for some good people watching. So it's a hell of a way to start the season, honestly, throwing dollar beer night at it to begin with. That's man. I I don't know who put that together, but uh, kudos to (laughs) kudos to them. Um, Courtney says really not impressed with that Restrepo performance. Hope it was nerves. Yeah. With Diego coming that far out of the box, it's just something he does. I don't know if it's because he's a little bit smaller um, or just kind of what he does, but we'll see. Um, so we've got Phil Grooms here joining in now. We're going to get things switched over a little bit on the Periscope. Um, and we're going to talk about the upcoming game. We're going to talk really about nice St. Louis a little bit. Performance. Hope it was nerves. Yeah, with Diego coming that far out of the box. So, hey, Phil, Phil, if you can hey, hear me, you may yeah, need to yeah. turn your volume down just um, or just kind of... <laughs> there we go, buddy. <laughs> and obviously, this is the first time that we've had someone join us on our new Periscope feed, so there's going to be some hiccups. That's okay. We're, we're going to get it all figured out. So, um, I'm excited. I feel bad for St. Louis, man. They've had to switch conferences like every freaking year, right? Every, every year. year. Every year. So far. Hey, Phil, how are you, sir? Doing good. Sorry about that. Every, everything coming in clear now? It sounds great, yeah, man. It should be good, man. Yeah, I didn't think about the delay and I had your show going before I logged in. I forgot <laughs> to I do it too. We can't tell you how many times we started the show and one of us has an iPad on or a phone on or something like that. Or started um, on the wrong scene. Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've made sure to knock out all the kinks already. So um, there should be a button. Hey, there you go. There I am. Hey. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> I'm in. First time all we're here. Right. Hey, you are the first guest to join us via video and chat on any Periscope. So That's cool. This is yeah. a great setup you have here, actually. I was saying like a couple weeks ago that 
or no, it was last week. I was waiting for the first show or the first game to start. And I was like, you know, I'm antsy for this to start. It's like two hours before the game. If there was a pregame <laughs> show, I'd be watching it right now for sure. Right there. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of thankful there's not because that gives us room to step in whenever we want. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. And this would be a good way to do it. Honestly. It's <laughs> so Phil, you um, obviously host uh, or you're part of the USL show as well as STL soccer report, or do you, is it St. Louis soccer report? How do you. Uh, STL soccer report. Either way. It's fine. Cool. <laughs> Perfect. Um, obviously covering St. Louis FC up there. So I wanted to chat with you about, um, before we get into the actual game, kind of some general things about St. Louis uh, FC and um, kind of what were some big changes over the offseason? Uh, any big players that were brought in or players that left? Uh, was there coaching turnover? I can't remember. I, it's yeah. all gone already. <laughs> but uh, no, if you can kind of walk us through the the preseason there a little bit and kind of give us the highlights yeah what 33 teams now so um lot to <laughs> lot to cover or there will be i think with the expansions and and probably growing by the time that happens but um Poulos, anthony Poulos is the son of tony Poulos of um mostly stoke city fame i think he's at middlesbrough now but um anthony Poulos has made his own um you know a name for himself in the u.s for sure um, you know, he, he was in the Orlando City system back when uh, they were in USL still. He was a player coach, did, you know, coached their academy a little while and then ended up at o- Orlando City B, uh, I think, for the last two years before this season. So um, maybe since their existence now that I think about it. So we brought him over here um, and I'm really excited about his outlook. Um, you hear a lot of kind of the same things about, you know, Louisville City was talking about how how great um, their relationship is on the team. And, and he's really big on building a team who all gets along really well, a good locker room. And that was kind of the first thing he, he talked about. Um, and it sounds like he's here for more than one year, which would be nice uh, for sure. Uh, Preki lasted just one last one year last year. So um, looks like we're, we're looking for the long haul and we have a guy who's hungry in Poulos because this is his first try with an independent team not a two team, not being sent players down, not being told who to play, that kind of thing. He has total freedom um, as far as I I know. And um, he's been using that. It's a very interesting system. And so some of the players, the big namers are uh, Corey Herzog. We picked up up from Pittsburgh. Um, Let's see, Wallfall from uh, the Rhinos. Um, those are the kind of the big names, uh, Tomas Gomez from the Rhinos. Um, so yeah, those are the big name guys. And I know we'll stumble across a few throughout the, the show tonight, I'm sure. For sure. So coming into the 28th season, St. Louis had, I believe the very first game of the season. If I'm, yep. it was against RGV, if I'm not mistaken, I had it all pulled up in front of me and I lost. Yeah. It, Rio so. Grande Valley. Um, it was, you know, I think St. Uh, St. Louisans have high hopes again, despite all our efforts uh, not to feel that way with uh, <laughs> the history of our club and the standings. But, um, you know, moving to the West, we, I think, have started to have higher hopes with maybe being able to make the playoffs at least a little bit easier, I think. Um, at least that's what people have been saying so far. And we thought maybe RGV would be an easy first opponent, and um, they did a great job. They defended well, or we attacked badly. I'm not sure which, which it was. Um, I'm going to say they, um, they defended well, honestly, because a lot of dangerous crosses sent in. Um, but in that game, I think St. Louis is still very rusty and still very much finding themselves. And um, Tony Poulos is a guy that likes to study the opponent, and, and he didn't really have much tape on this team. So, um, you know, I think perhaps those things combined – um, St. Louis wasn't quite as good as I was starting to hope. You know, I was starting to buy into the hype a little more as I always do, but, um, but I thought they did a good job. Some of the things that, uh, worried me about the game though, about St. Louis were that, uh, we had Christian Valeski is another big name. He was on St. Louis last year, but he was a Rhino before that and, uh, scored lots of goals for them. Uh, but we have him and Corey Herzog up top, which is a great starting, uh, attacking striker pair there. Uh, but I didn't think they were reading each other uh, all that well so far in that game uh, and in this season so far. And so um, I would be looking for that to see if that relationship improves, if they both start uh, up top in this game. Um, and then St. Louis really 
tried to go up the flanks, and that's worked all preseason. Um, they've done a good job of, of scoring that way, and it seems to be the way of preference. I don't know if that's by plan or just by the way it's worked out. Uh, that's the way they found in with a lot of uh, preseason was full of college teams, and, and Colorado FC is a, is a Tier 4, uh, quote, Tier 4 uh, team. So, um, so they were able to feast on, on those goals in preseason, but it definitely didn't work against RGV. And so – like I said, either they did a good job or St. Louis needs to start developing the midfield a little bit better uh, than they tried last year, our last game, and um, just see where that, that takes them. That's really almost all the information that I could get through St. Louis in the last game. I thought they defended pretty well. The one goal RGV got was um, it was just it was good play. They got around our, our center back. He made a mistake, and then um, there was a scramble in the defense, and they scored a goal, and they did a great job. It was a draw 1-1 in case you didn't know. <laughs> um, so obviously St. Louis has a lot of things going on with it between Cardinals and the Blues and yeah. uh, just kind of being a happening city in general in a lot of ways. So what is kind of the soccer culture like these days? I know you guys haven't had a home match and won't until the very last day of the month, but um, how's the vibe up there right now? How, how's the general atmosphere, if you if you will? Man, Kyle, you, that's a really good question. You nailed um, this because that's a, an especially interesting situation in this city. Um, and I, I believe San Antonio would probably be pretty similar, honestly, because we do have those high profile teams in our city um, in the in St. Louis Cardinals and the Blues. And so those are kind of the number one, the number two tickets in the city for sure, as far as sports is concerned. Uh, and then there's there's that big gap and there's no football. There's no Rams here anymore. Um, because St. Louis FC, (laughs) (laughs) right. Um, but you know, St. Louis, um, St. Louis FC is out in Fenton, which is like maybe 20 miles outside the city, 15 miles outside the city. It's not as hard to get to as people make, you know, put up a fit about. Um, but you know, we have a lot of hardcore guys that go out there. We have a lot of the family of the Academy that plays in the same stadium those people all come out, which really, really helps our attendance. Um, But, you know, what we're missing, and we have this problem with marketing too, we're missing these guys that are saying things like, well, who's playing for St. Louis? You know, what name am I looking for that plays for St. Louis? Who cares until MLS comes? Or you get the guys that, you know, the Liverpool supporter group in St. Louis is ridiculous, is big. Um, you know, they have their European team and, and they don't really care about minor league. I'm quoting minor league soccer right, right, yeah. out in Fenton, Missouri. And so, um, you know, I like to say that, you know, the, the soccer snobs refuse to come out. And I think if they did, they would have a surprisingly good time. And I think they would even be surprised at the level of soccer that's being played out there. So, um, you know, that is really interesting on top of, like I said, the marketing is interesting too, because, people complain about the marketing in St. Louis and the team not making a name for itself. And so therefore they're not helping themselves get attention and get those people out from the city and from the counties, surrounding counties. And uh, it's weird. I've talked to the GM about that and he says, yeah, to get enough vision for our club, we'd have to start competing with St. Louis Cardinals and the blues, you know, to get right. to the next level. And, and it's, it's hard. I mean, I can't imagine San Antonio FC or, uh, you know, I can't imagine your team competing with the Spurs, you know, and all that's going on in, in, in that way, as far as marketing, they can't compete with money, at least not yet. I think with an MLS squad, they, they could definitely do that, but it, it is an interesting. Well, that's, that's kind of one of the funny things about SAFC is their main competitors are themselves with, you know, the Spurs owning both yeah. the NBA team and the USL team. So I mean, it's, it's like bigger it's, than that. I mean, we've got the Spurs on the rampage here, our minor league hockey team. Oh. We have a minor league baseball team here. I mean, we're a big minor <laughs> league city, unfortunately. Really, the Spurs are all we got going for us here. That's um, really interesting. I didn't know that. It's a lot of competition with itself. <laughs> Would you sorry, say San I'm Antonio laughing. is like second to all those, like uh, Spurs on top and then FC right below? Probably. Yeah, I mean – <laughs> Rampage gets a good they have a good hardcore fan base um but it's a lot of like families that kind of casually come through and kind of the mm-hmm. same thing with the baseball team I'm laughing because the baseball team recently announced that 
um, for a few games instead of being the San Antonio Missions, they're going to be the uh, Flying Chanclas de San Antonio, which is oh, uh, like a, like if you've seen Coco, the sandal where she throws it. It's, it's that. <laughs> that's, that's not something Disney made up. So yeah, that's really <laughs> um, sorry, I totally forgot about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's kind of parallels St. Louis in that you know the other biggest ticket in town is a summer sport for a good chunk of it because you know knock on wood the spurs haven't haven't missed the playoffs in two decades so it goes into you know may june july or not july but june yeah um yeah that's interesting to hear about i was gonna ask one more thing on the general st louis topic was um mls talk i haven't heard anything out of there for a while last i heard was that they were trying to pass either an ordinance or a law or, or whatever the phrasing is where no public money can go to a stadium um, mm-hmm. after the Cronky debacle. Um, so I just wanted to see if you knew anything about that or if there were any updates that I may have missed. No updates. Really what was said was this is our attempt to do this and then there is no plan B. And I think most people didn't believe that. Um, but I think, I don't know if this is just a vibe I'm getting but there was already starting to grow this vibe of, you know, USL, it, I'm happy with USL um, and we're going to stick with this and we're going to support it till we die. We think we can grow it in different ways. Um, and then I thought was starting to creep up. And then when, you know, the Columbus crew thing happened and all this unrest about all the MLS stuff started happening. Um, no, I don't know if they're trying again. And I don't know if they care to try again. And they said this even while the thing was going on. They said, we're perfectly happy to have this USL team that's grown out of our academy that is a successful academy. And um, if it doesn't happen, we'll go right back to it and keep it going the way that we have, man, which, you know, everything but on the field product has been pretty darn good. So um, to be honest with you, I've heard more rumblings about perhaps having a new stadium where it doesn't flood um, and also a new stadium, perhaps closer to the city. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think that's a plan per se, but there's been rumblings of that. And personally, obviously I'm on the USL show. I'm a USL fan freak and I love the way that the, the league has handled itself on the business side. I love what is on the horizon. And if that were to happen, if we were to put a stadium closer to the city or in the city and we get this awesome atmosphere. Um, You know, they've gone to Phoenix to look at their stadium to see like how they do their game day operations and how they built their team. And, and they've done all these things to kind of see what could be the next level. So if they do decide to pull the trigger on that, I'm really excited for that even more so than maybe MLS. I mean, it'd be cool to have those snobs come out and watch the games (laughs) and get higher profile players perhaps, but, I'm I'm super happy with what we have and I think we can grow on that. So I can't help but think that we feel a little bit about on the same page there with that. Really? Um, obviously, you know, MLS would be a great thing for San Antonio. I'd love to see us get a team um and make that jump up, but I'm super happy with what we've got right now with the with being in USL. We've got yeah. a nice stadium that's good for it. Um we've got a good team, good coach, we've got a good setup here. So if we don't get you get MLS, I'm not I'd be sad, but I'm not gonna be super, super, super upset about it. Like we've got we've yeah, got a good I, thing out here. I definitely changed you know, I was all, I was starting to lean this way pretty hard about a month or two, maybe up to four months before the Columbus crew thing happened. And when that happened, I was just like, Oh man, now I'm definitely washing my hands of all of this. You know, I don't want any part of that kind of a league. And you know, we might have promotion relegation on the horizon and um, it's going to be a really exciting league. I keep trying to root for there to be a USL division one that's on the same tier as MLS someday. <laughs> a repeat we'll of that, that ever drama. It's a nice thought, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. But I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to hear you say that. And I'm really happy to hear you say that. Do you think the ownership feels that way? Or do you think the team could really lose a step if they don't get MLS? Uh, everything that I've heard from SAFC and actually some folks from Spurs Sports Entertainment um, is that the USL team is built to be uh, like 
good to go. Like it's not hinging on MLS coming and, you know, an MLS team coming to Austin isn't going to make San Antonio FC USL go away. Um, so it, it's built to be a successful USL team right now. Um, but everyone that I've talked to over there says they want MLS, but until Austin gets figured out, they haven't said that part of it, but the impression that I get is that until Austin gets figured out, um, it's going to be on hold. So it's kind of out of their hands right now, unfortunately. Um, and if you're a San Antonio fan, the frustrating thing is that in 2005, you had a chance and the government then turned them down, turned MLS down over a decade ago. So do you get a second chance or a third chance? I mean, the, (laughs) the, uh, County judge here, tried to sue MLS last year. Um, that's not going to help. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's that situation? So around, so the bids are, you know, put together by private organizations with the help of their local governments or with the support of their local governments in theory, right? Um, so the bid itself is Spurs Sports and Entertainment bidding for an MLS team. Um, and they, as you might imagine, if you follow the NBA, are pretty tight-lipped about stuff and haven't released anything, don't really make statements on anything. Um, that's just kind of the Spurs way. And um, whether or not, you know, I don't know what he knew or doesn't know or, or what, but uh, the head of Bear County, the county judge, is the title that he has um, got the district attorney of the county to look into MLS to see if they had broken any sort of laws as far as promising that an MLS team would come and this and that Um, because the county and the city co-own Toyota field where SAFC plays. Um, So that's where the the government gets tied in there. So that, Sounds super similar to what's being tried against Cronky right now, actually, in St. Louis. So yeah. they're trying to do yeah. exactly that. <laughs> it really it's is. A big mess. It's Everyone's a just big bitter. Mess. Yeah. <laughs> Man, more more whiskey. That's what we need around this. <laughs> <laughs> so before we let you go, I know it's getting super late, um, which I should have announced at the top of the show. I'll say it again. Damn it. Am I going to have to go in and put another intro? Um, next week we're going to start recording at 9 p.m. Uh, Central Time. So I'll announce that a couple other times. Sorry, that's I know you were dying to know that, Phil. But I was um, shameless plug. <laughs> I wanted to ask about um, the USL show because um, you know Josh and Kyle and uh, Brendan and Chad. We've chatted with all of them throughout uh, our short existence here in USL and kind of friends of the show and of the site and uh you guys took over for them this year a couple months ago um under that same podcast name and honestly i've loved it it's it's been a great transition i you know not knowing you guys just as a fan of the usl show i was like oh man new host is this oh i know oh oh, no but uh (laughs) i loved it man it's been great so i wanted to get your thoughts on uh how that's been going on how that transition has been and how you're enjoying covering the league as a whole with uh four dudes or three other dudes oh first of all i absolutely love it and um it just it's just one of those things that you know by no means is it you know have we reached our goal you know for what it could be or what it what it will be perhaps but um it's just such a cool start and even if it doesn't grow we're going to keep doing it because um, we love talking about the USL and we love talking to each other about the USL. It's a great group of guys. And we got, it's just one of those things that clicked so perfectly um, because the timing of everything where, um, you know, a few of us got to practice with Eastern Conference Confidential for, you know, I took over for Brendan on that like last year and I wasn't sure I could handle it. Um, it's It's a lot of players and a lot of teams and you always end up, saying something dumb and I've, I've learned to accept like, Oh, it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, we, yeah. I mean, you can relate anyone that does a podcast can relate to this where 
there's just so many players where someone will bring up a player and you're just kind of nodding your head and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That player, you have no <laughs> idea who this person is or you get stuck saying something wrong and, and someone's calling you out on it on air, which is better than no one calling you out on air and, and a fan getting angry about it later, which I can relate to as well. But um, you know, it, it's difficult and it's crazy, but we got some practice and I realized I could handle it well enough to be able to talk about the entire league, not just the Eastern conference. Um, and it's really been helpful where it started out. I think it was me, Evan and Ryan Allen. Um, and then we added pony whose name also was Evan. Um, and um, Kevin McCamish, who Kevin actually was on the uh, 1.0 version a couple times. And every time he was on, I just thought he, he really nailed it and did a great job. And so we pulled in like the five of us just really came together and it was easy for us to talk. It, we have two guys who can hold up, you know, make us sound like we know what we're talking about or, or fix our problems with stats, you know, you know, yeah. Pony and Ryan can really bring in stats to kind of fix what maybe Evan, Kevin and I are kind of aiming at. Like maybe we <laughs> saw this or maybe we thought this and they'll bring in the stats to, to fix that or give it some credit. And so it's just a perfect mix of guys. And we're really, really lucky to have that. And like I said, we got to kind of practice with Eastern Conference Confidential, and um, it just worked so well to be able to take over after that. And it worked so well for us to be able to take what all those guys built and and try to make it a little bit bigger and, and maybe more consistent and just different, obviously, because different personalities. Yeah. But, you know, those guys built something. We came in with like 800 built-in followers, and that's just not something we could have built in less than a year. I mean, we've only been there like four or six months, and those guys had something built in, um, a really cool culture, a really cool listener group of, of people who love to talk about USL. It's At first, it only had 800 followers, and I think my site has 800 followers, and I get no questions, no commentary, no cooperation. <laughs> You put out one question in the USL show uh, Twitter and you get so many responses. It's been really great. And, you know, yeah. Kyle, you're on there a lot and I appreciate that. And I appreciate if anyone's listening, Harry, obviously Harry yeah. uh, been so <laughs> great care. about um, participating in that. And we love his commentary. So uh, I'm just so lucky to be a part of it and hopefully it keeps going and, and growing. Well, it's been fun to watch that transition. And as much as I love those guys from the 1.0 show, it's it's been great to see 2.0 take off. And um, I was a fan of Indomitable City Soccer's work for a long time. And then for like maybe a week, I was the managing editor <laughs> um, of that site. It was very short-lived. Um, <laughs> And I just have so much respect for what those guys do, man. It's oh. the best in the league, bar none. So, and, you know, to have that all wrapped into a podcast with you guys and all your personalities, it's been awesome. So if anyone hasn't checked it out, I genuinely highly recommend checking it out. It's the USL show uh, podcast available pretty much everywhere, I'm guessing. I listen to it on, yeah. on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, but. Yeah, Mike Sparks takes care of us at uh, Beautiful Game Network. He It's on everything, pretty much everything. Yeah. So, yep, just search the USL show and make sure the BGN logo is down on the bottom because there is a new feed. So, yeah, and then if you used to listen to 1.0 and you don't know what we're talking about, it's because we have a new feed. So definitely check it out. <laughs> Man, I haven't posted anything in a while. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did so that today. I was listening to the new episode today from this week, and I, was, I, I pulled up the old feed first, and I was like, wait, <laughs> there's nothing new since December. Yep. This is the problem. I've got to pull up the new one. Yep. So what's the best way to, for people to follow you on Twitter or follow your work, or how can people find you after this show? STL Soccer Report on Twitter, um, stlsoccerreport.com. But, um, you know, the best place to find me is the Beautiful Game Network. And then my personal Twitter is Phil Grooms, two L's, two O's. So that's where I post most of my stuff. Well, Phil, I really appreciate you coming on, man. And thanks for being thanks for our, our guinea pig on this live Periscope three-person show. Yeah. First time we've done it. So. Loved it. You guys got a good thing going here. I, I, I listen to it a lot. So oh, Thanks, man. We're, thanks we have a blast doing it. That's that's the only reason we do it is because it's fun. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, have a good night, and I'm sure we'll be chatting a lot more on Saturday. All right. Now I'm going to try to figure out how to hang up on this thing. <laughs> thanks uh, again, Paul. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. See ya.
gonna fill a minute to there we go cool so we'll there be we back go. to our normal screen here we're good um, we're good we, we did made... it man we had three people on the show and we didn't break <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> oh. oh man i was so glad he could come on uh i got to chat with him for the western conference preview for the usl show it's just such a fucking cool dude like love that hopefully guy. we'll have him on again later in the season when yeah, we uh sure. make the trip up to st louis for sure. I may actually, there's a small chance that I might be at that game. I've got what? family in St. Louis and we're talking about going to visit and Ooh. hopefully we can line it up there, but no promises. Probably shouldn't have said that on air, but whiskey, baby. Um, so let's move on. Um, one of the things that we were going to talk about really briefly was um we mentioned in the season opener for San Antonio FC against Sacramento, Greg Cochran had to come off the field uh, or not had to, but he did come off the field. Um, if it was an injury, which again, we're not sure if it is, haven't been able to make it to training, hoping to go on Friday um, and hopefully we'll get an update there. But uh, if he's not able to go for the home opener on Saturday, do you have Mike Seth slotting in there? Do you have something crazier? I've got something – I don't necessarily know that it's crazier. <laughs> yeah, that's not a fair way for me to oh, phrase yeah, that. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I did make an 11 this week, and I, I, I'm really struggling with it because of, of, of what happened, with, especially with substitutions this week, Yeah, uh, this past week. Um, I'm, I'm going to take a wild shot here and say we put Maxi back there. Ooh, that'd be interesting. He's played fullback before, right? Didn't he play right back last year? For he did a little bit. A little so bit. I, I think maybe we throw Maxi back. Seth's obviously another good option. Um, yeah, I'm I'm struggle struggling really big with uh, what lineup's going to look like this week. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to see Escalante back in there um, over Gordon and Presley. I don't. Know. I mean, Connor played his ass off in the last game. I think he's probably in discussion for getting some more minutes i i i was struggling figuring out a way that we could get escalante and presley in there <laughs> only way to do that is to take tear back off right or play one of them centrally i was thinking more you pull pekka oh put and it in you run a four one four one instead hmm that'd be interesting you know and then maybe yeah. you put a Guzman up front, and then behind him, you've got Escalante, Presley, Guadarrama, and Tierpak. Lopez behind him, and then then the back D line with Maxi yeah. Christian, Felix, and King. Yeah, <laughs> I I, I haven't know. made my eleven yet, but off the top of my head, don't hold me to this. But off the top of my head, um, I'm probably going a very similar lineup to Sacramento, except. Um, if Cochran's out, I'll have Mike Seth there because he's been the guy who's kind of been getting the minutes at fullback in preseason. Um, and then hopefully Sonny or Cesar are healthy to play that 10 role instead of Ryan. Right. Um, and then hopefully I would think Pekka and Mikey fill out the rest of the center mid area um, with Tierpak, Guzman, and... Man, I really think Connor's inserted himself into the discussion at least. Maybe not oh, yeah, yeah. maybe not week two starter, maybe not home opener starter, but he played his butt off in that last game. And I think he, you know, at least there's a conversation there, I would hope. But um probably gonna be, you know, Gordon Presley or Escalante over there on the other wing. But I'm curious. I'm interested. Um my not my score prediction, but my result prediction has been out there all week because I got selected to be this week's USL uh, media expert. So if uh, you haven't seen it, you can go to the USL League website, uslsoccer.com, and you can vote. It's a pick 'em, so you pick, uh, you know, who you think is going to win, lose, or draw throughout matches throughout the league. Um, against uh, Nicholas Murray from USL, Mike Watts, uh, announcer you've heard a million times from USL, uh, and myself this week. So um, we'll see how that goes. But for this match, I do have a draw. Um, I think it's going to be a 1-1 one, one draw. That's where I'm at. I am actually right there with you. 1-1? One, 1-1 one. One, one draw. All right. There we go. 
So, um, so quick question before we move on. If, if Cochran's out and Rashindle's not in the starting 11, who's your captain? God. Um, man. <laughs> that's a good question. Tear pack, maybe? That, uh, that's where I'm leaning unless you throw it on Restrepo. Maybe, maybe Pekka. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that. <laughs> Almost everybody else is new to the team for the yeah. for essentially. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know who that would go to. I mean, I guess we would see. I'm trying to think of like, man, that's such a crapshoot because so much goes into that that you know, who knows, right? Um, man, I would get just if gun to my head, I would go tier pack, I guess, but that's mostly out of just seniority (laughs) or time served or whatever. Oh man. Good Lord. Hopefully that's not an issue. (laughs) Um, so let's do a quick little update on the USL West. Um, we're running out of time here, so we'll kind of do lightning round a little bit. Um, but the top eight, the playoff positions right now, after 90 minutes of play, this means nothing. It's such a long season that this means nothing, but, um, Colorado Springs, Swope Park Rangers, Las Vegas lights FC round out the top three with Sacramento, Seattle and OKC behind them and RGV and St. Louis finishing out the top eight. San Antonio FC currently sits in 15th um, with a tiebreaker with several other teams who also lost. So again, means nothing, but trying to get in the habit of recapping those each week because sometimes I forget, but um, that's where we're at for, for the league standings. The next thing we have on the list, I actually need to check to see if it's finished. (laughs) I I, I actually just pulled it up while you were running through that. So Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, man. I'm, 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 I've got your back on this one. Um, the next thing on the list we had was Austin City Council recap. And I went ahead and pulled up Chris Bill's Twitter. And seven minutes ago, well, let me, re- let me get back a little bit. 10 o'clock. So 50 minutes ago, they passed a motion to continue the meeting past 10 p.m. Uh, six minutes ago, they are still at item number 95. And soccer is item number 99. So there's still four (laughs) items away and all of them have speakers before they get to soccer. So we're cruising for, you know, midnight, 1230, something like that before they get it finished. He's been there all day. Yes, he has. (sighs) Um, Brutal. (laughs) Yeah, so no resolution on Austin, what's going on with Macala Place and if they intend to continue the process of evaluating McCalla as a potential MLS site right now. We'll probably know in a few days once they finish this meeting. And that's, (laughs) and that's the super condensed version of what this uh, part, what the soccer part of this uh, council meeting is about is just continuing the effort to uh, analyze McCalla place as a potential MLS stadium site um there are also amendments that look like that were added to that or could be added to that that completely eliminate parkland from consideration um focusing all efforts on mccalla um so that's that's pretty much where we're at we've got about 10 minutes left in our show and it doesn't look like they're gonna make it to it so (laughs) check back next week hopefully the meeting will be over (laughs) um real quick stuff here um alamo city sc coming to wpsl in 2019 um hoping to have more on this for you next week hoping to get with both the sa blossoms and with alamo city sc um since they would both be in the wpsl uh in the same city um and kind of get what their thoughts are but what do you think about this what do you think about more women's soccer in san antonio how did we go from the death of the athenians to <laughs> no women's soccer in San Antonio to two teams in like it feels like a month right like a month and a half something like that yeah uh yeah the Athenians died out of nowhere and now we've got two teams coming into the WPSL <laughs> I don't, 
the more soccer, the better. If they can get two teams rolling and, and you know, get fans out there and, and expose the city to more soccer, I'm all for it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I'm excited for it. I mean, more soccer, the better, right? As long as there's enough support for everybody. Agreed. Hopefully we'll be able to get out to some of the Blossoms games and some of the Alamo City SC games once they start happening. That's the plan. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we can make it happen. We, I failed on that last year, but hopefully I can make it happen this year. <laughs> um, so speaking of SA Blossoms, there's a somewhat familiar name on the roster. They've been announcing their roster uh, over the last week or so uh, on Twitter. And um, one of the names that SAFC fans may have caught was Naomi Powell. Um, the daughter of SAFC head coach Darren Powell, who also plays um, college soccer at, oh man, I had it and I lost it. I had his tweet pulled up here, but it was kind of cool to see um, when they announced it, he retweeted it. Uh, really excited to get to watch Naomi Powell from um, the NC State women's soccer program, NC State Wolfpack, I think it is. Um, Played this summer in San Antonio with SA Blossoms. Hashtag family. So kind of cool to see uh, a little SAFC, SA Blossoms community there, right? Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, more soccer to the better. And it's great that uh, Coach Powell will be able to go see his daughter play in his own city now this summer. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be cool, man. Like, I can't imagine what that must be like to have, you know, one of your kids across the country and then get the chance to see her play you know right in your backyard basically yeah no <laughs> it's, it's awesome. not that far from toyota field assuming that they're playing at blossom soccer complex or blossom stadium right um so the other two things we had um there are reports out there that usl may be part of the espn plus streaming package that's coming up um <laughs> quote spring 2018 end quote um so uh, there's not a lot known it's purely being reported by a couple different places right now and nothing official from the league as far as i know um but what would you think about that paying five dollars a month and getting usl and mls and all that or would you rather just keep all the games free on youtube i'm i'm torn about it um, obviously having the games free on YouTube makes access super, super easy. And it's an easy way to get more people exposed to those games. Um, on the plus side of being on ESPN plus, um, I would hope that the broadcast quality continues to improve. Um, cause we still see some hiccups with the broadcast quality and it, with YouTube and some of the setups that some of the stadiums have. Uh, particularly on the audio side of things, but um, I don't know. It's it's paywalling our our league is essentially what we're doing, and I don't know how many people are going to go out there and subscribe to ESPN Plus, even if it's only five or six bucks a month, just to watch USL games. Um, it's going to depend on what else they throw in that package. Obviously, we've heard about MLS going to that. Um, and some other sports too. It's, it's, it's a long list, but I don't know. It's, I don't know if paywalling is the right move. Yeah. I'm kind of mixed on it too. Um, I feel like the USL model that they've had where it's on YouTube is really great for USL fans. I feel like being on ESPN plus might be better because a, the, the league would probably get money from it. But B, um, maybe you catch some fans who are there watching MLS or, or watching, you know, college basketball or whatever's on there um, and, you know, just get curious about it. Maybe that's a way to drive people to the league as opposed to having to seek out the YouTube channels. But uh, yeah, I, I'm probably going to get ESPN plus anyway, yeah, <laughs> just I'm... because of the other stuff. But yeah. I don't know. I can't help but feel like if you're an MLS fan and you're going through the trouble of paying the five or six bucks a month, it means you're invested in the league. You're invested in your team. You want to watch the games. If you've got an affiliate, that's a USL team. If you're that invested that you're willing to pay money at home to 
watch these MLS games, I can't help but feel like you already probably know about your USL local USL team if you have one. Like, I don't That's know bad. how much it's gonna gonna help exposure. I, my big thing here is I hope it helps broadcast quality and improves the the, the video product for the future, um, especially as the league continues to grow. I mean, we're thirty plus teams now, probably trending towards forty. At, <laughs> in the next year or two at the rate we're going now. So that's a lot of, a lot of broadcast work to, you know, when you got 20 plus games going on, that's a lot of broadcast work to, to pay for and fund and develop. And that money from ESPN would definitely help for that. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be Texas soccer radio if we didn't talk about Miami. So (laughs) Oh, we're going there. uh, Do you want to hit the highlights (laughs) of that real quick? I guess we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but oh man, did we already talk about it? Well, there's there's been new stuff now with the Moss Brothers, and they are expanding uh, their reach with trying to move out of the Overton site down there in Florida or in Miami. Um, Apparently, they're looking at five plus different sites that they may put the stadium now. yeah, I, the two big ones that were listed in the list, the only two that were listed as part of those five uh, were one at in Hialeah and one in Doral. And for people that know Miami, um, those are not the city urban core. <laughs> they don't fit what MLS has wanted and what Overton is. Um, they are fairly far out. Um, the Hialeah site, they're apparently talking about, uh, there's a, a horse racing track and casino there. And they're talking about putting it on the infield of the horse track in Casino. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, but the site as a whole is like five times bigger than what the Overton site is. So there'd be room, but I, yeah, I don't know. That just sounds like a mess. And Doral is way the hell out there and it's golf courses. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're clearly just not happy with Overton and they just want out of that. And that's only happened since the, since the Moss brothers have gotten involved with their money. So I, I don't know. It's, it's still a shit show is basically what it is. All I can think of, and not to make this political, I really don't mean to, but all I can think of is when George W. Bush had the mission accomplished or mission, it was mission accomplished, right? The big banner yeah. that he put on the ship like 20 years ago for the war that we're still in. But that's how I feel with Miami. Like every time they announce something, it's like, oh, actually, we're still chugging along here. So it feels like they're not going to get that team ready to go until like 2025 at this point. <laughs> there will be like 28 other teams or 27 other teams, and they'll be moving on to the expansion for 32 teams or whatever, whatever the end. Oh, hell. At the rate we're going, they'll be lucky to have their stadium by the time we get the third and fourth expansion teams announced from this round. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So there are some rumblings that we may hear a Cincinnati announcement, Uh, um, but still haven't seen that. So we'll see. Hang in there, Sacramento. But, uh, you know, here we are. Still waiting on that second team to join Nashville. (laughs) What comes first, the second team to join Nashville or the end of this Austin City Council meeting? <laughs> Find no out. One <laughs> yeah, no one Texas knows. No one knows. Soccer radio. Um, man, it was fun. We did it. We stayed right about an hour. So, how about that? And we had a guest and on we video. Guest. We did it, man. Checked off all the boxes. Um, anything else you want to talk about before we call it a night? Uh, one last reminder, next week we are moving to 9 p.m. for the Periscope. So we will be an hour earlier than normal here. Um, we're going to try that out. And as long as there's not too much pushback from our our listeners out there, then that will be our new official time going forward, 9 p.m. Yeah. every week on Periscope here. Because fuck daylight savings time, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't believe I messed that up. Whatever. Anyway, yeah, 9 p.m. next week, Thursday night, on Periscope at TX Soccer Radio, like we always do. Um, Thank you so much for listening. I I genuinely mean that. It's always fun doing this, and it makes it even more fun when uh, people are talking to us on Twitter about it or or getting with us on Twitter about it. So um, please, if you see us at the home opener, feel free to come up and 
say hi or give us a high five or kick us in the shin or whatever or kick me in the shin i shouldn't speak for both of us there but um yeah we we love doing this and it should be fun and looking forward to being back at toyota field in a couple days two days well until next week he's larry leathers i'm kyle Mankey. thank you so so much for listening and we will catch you next week at 9 p.m Yay.